I think I think the only thing that maybe we can talk about City as a talking point other than football or maybe towards a small little critic towards them. Did you hear that Grealish and uh, Phil Foden <laughs> had a night out? <laughs> so yeah, Grealish and Foden had a night out after Leeds and they didn't turn up yeah. to training in the right condition. So Guardiola <laughs> dropped them basically, which I found like completely hilarious. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the L and Jerry podcast, football podcast. Um, so yeah, guys, it's been a week since we've done our last video. And um, as you know, the whole situation with COVID and uh, new variant Omicron in the UK, I think has been affecting some of the teams, right? So as you know, a lot of matches have been cancelled. Um, a lot of teams as well, not um, right now, we've reached uh, match week 18, I think, if I'm mistaken. So it's uh, 18 matches played. And a lot of teams have not reached that. Like, for example, Leicester, they're on 16 matches played. United on 16 and even Spurs mm. on 15. So things have been stretched a bit thin. I mean, in terms of the teams right now. As you Just can see, hello, everyone. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah, it has been. It's been a bit of a different weekend of football over the past mm. weekend. I think yeah. some games going on, some games not going on. And uh, leads us to talk a little bit about the situation that's happening in the UK, whether or not it's going to be reverting back to, you know, apparently, I don't know whether you've heard about this or not, Jerry, but apparently there might be an imminent lockdown in the UK mm. as well. So that's going to be an interesting thing as to yeah. what's going to be happening in the game, towards the uh, Premier League games as well. But mm. lucky enough for us, there were some games that... Uh, that did go on and you know teams like Leicester Man United and all of this yeah I guess you know you, you know you do get the feeling where as a fan of football whatever team it is you always rather your team play it's always the points on the board isn't it rather than having games in hand I know I know yeah. some teams would say some fans would say hey, you know games in hand they come in they come in important handy towards the ending bit of the season but I rather have points on the board right now Jerry I mean points yeah. on the board is always better lah, I suppose yeah Definitely. I think like the whole game in hand thing, it it will just pack your fixture list, you know, towards yeah. the, the, the business mm. end of the season when things are getting mm. like a lot more, you know, tougher things like, you know, games are coming hard and fast, right? Then you'd have right, to fit right. games there. So it all right. depends on how they organize the fixture list, right? So if mm. let's say the games happen at a time which is ideal for everybody, let's say like you're playing Champions mm. League, Right, and, right. Uh, you have to fit in the game somewhere during a weekday. Let's say if you're on a winning, you're on a winning streak, that might be good, you know, for the team. But let's say you're on a yeah. losing streak and you're losing players and you're not, you know, um, your form has been up and down. Then it may mm. be a disaster, you know. But I'm yeah. sure every manager, every player, every staff will want to follow the original schedule. Yeah, they would rather play. For. Exactly, that's what they train yeah. for. And just reading some of the news here, it says. Premier League finally reveals latest vaccination figures with 16% of top flight mm. football, footballers not having had no jabs at all. But mm. 92 mm. of staff and players combined having at least one. So mm. there is a, a 16% there of um, players like yet yeah. their first dosage. So, you know, in, in Germany, for example, like let's look at across Europe, Germany's Bundesliga have revealed that 94% of players and staff are vaccinated, while Italy's mm. Syria R's vaccination rate is 98%. Mm. So, I mean, I think with England and some of the players, definitely, I think we have to bring into the fact that the human rights thing and vaccine is a free choice. But as well, some of the managers have, have, have spoken <coughs> out in, in this, mm. and they say that, you know, they have to listen to scientists stuff and, and the medical mm. experts when making these decisions and not footballers, managers and stuff. They should not be asked about this whole situation. You yeah. Know? yeah, Their opinions don't really matter. Our opinions don't really matter unless we've yeah. had some sort of medical background and can give a medical professional opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, just to mirror whatever you said, I, I saw this tweet the other day and this guy says uh, he doesn't know what's inside Panadol but he knows he cures his headaches. He doesn't know what's inside a KFC fried chicken and what their spices are, but still it tastes good. And so yeah. hence, he's not going to be questioning what's in the vaccine and he's just going to be taking it. 
I think I think yeah. with the human rights thing, it's quite interesting whatever you mentioned because it's a it's a freedom of choice, but I think it's also something where footballers especially they have to now understand: do you rather play or do you rather sit on the bench or you know mm-hmm. be cautioned not to play? And again, yeah, I think every footballer half the season on the sidelines basically. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So if the vaccination is going to be the only solution towards that, I think well the answer becomes very simple then, and I think that. Largely, it has proven to be successful, mm-hmm. if not, you know, uh, a solution towards COVID. So why not take it? And I think Klopp is uh, Klopp's been very vocal about this over a couple of press conferences, and I think that's very good because the Premier League. I, I saw that. I saw that stat. Uh, you know, across Europe, I think they were one of the lowest with the with the vaccination, oh, vaccination rates. Yeah. So mm. 77% of the Premier League players have received two doses of the COVID vaccines and are classed as fully vaccinated. In a bid mm. to allow for greater transparency, the Premier League said that from January, they will publish vaccination results at the end of each month. But yeah. what I think yeah. is they should basically just look to their colleagues, you know, and see how it's mm. working out for them. And um, like I said, you can't do this individually. Let's say if you work for a league, you work for a team, I think you have to all be in it together, right? Definitely. If yeah. not, if not, you have to find some other job basically where you're working for yourself, you know? I think yeah. if you're working for a big company, if you're working for big corporations, if you're working for, like, let's say you're a player and you're working for, you know, you're playing for Liverpool or you're playing for Manchester, mm. you're also working for the league, you know? Yeah. And yeah. the FA, basically. The FA is the one that's... um. Mm. you know um, overseeing everything that the players do and, and, and even the off-field things you know even and more so the on-field stuff but you know I think everyone just has to pull together and understand that it may be an individual choice but there may there will be there will be um, wide repercussions you know as much as it's mm. an individual choice yeah I think it's not just towards the person alone exactly the repercussions it affects everybody. So your choice mm. affects everyone. So that's why your choice has to be the right choice. And I don't think we're going to speak too much about this, Al, because there are still games to cover. And, you know, yeah. it's not our thing, man. We just want to talk about football, you know. Yeah, I mean, we we've also mentioned this. But, but it's, it's important, guys, for some sort of um, reflection and some sort of, you know, um, just to, 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 to think smart and make the right decision, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. Because mm. the only way we're going to defeat this thing, the only way we're going to overcome it is together, you know? As, as long as we stand together, stand united, as all the teams and, and, and fans know, you mm. know, divided mm. you fall, you know? And do yeah. you want to fall with this, you know? That's, that's the only... That's the only issue. But yeah, speaking about the matches and the games. Yep. Harry Bring Kane. Harry Kane. <laughs> Harold La. Harold, England captain. He doesn't, he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't, they don't need a bar check, whatever he goes in. <laughs> he goes in full force. Two-footed, whatever. I think England captains get a special. No, England captains get a special yeah, rebate. Because the moment the like, Scottish no. captain did something. Like, oh, they had to check it and they had to make sure that, you know, and they had to send him off. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, as you no, know, guys, I, I... Uh, Spurs played Liverpool over over the weekend and it was their game after a long time. And, and um, I have to say, it was, it was a really good game for the neutrals. Obviously, mm. Spurs seem to have had their full team on, on, on paper. Obviously, with... Um, playing a five at the back and a three-man midfield with uh, Ndombele, Wings, Ali, and with Kane and Son leading leading the front line. Obviously, Liverpool missing Van Dijk, Henderson, and Fabinho. Um, very much the spine of this, this The team. engine. Uh, yep. Yeah, very much the spine, yeah. the engine of this team this season. I think uh. one thing that Henderson and Fabinho do, um, and they work well together with Van Dijk, is that they cover the spaces that are left in behind when the team attacks. And they cover the spaces well in terms of ball retention and keeping the possession. And that's what I think Liverpool might have missed on the day. Obviously, Milner, Morton and Keita are not their first choice. But obviously, found themselves having to manage the game a lot, I felt. Because a lot of the times, they would push forward, create these attacking transitions, right? And Spurs Mm. would basically 
their their five men defense I I think worked really well to to nullify the Liverpool attack, and then when Liverpool were hit then on the counter, it's uh, it was just Son and Kane basically on their bikes just um, terrorizing them basically and finding all the spaces left in behind by Konate and Matip you know and and oh, definitely right. I think they struggled to to cover that. Um, I think Spurs had the better chances, you know. Liverpool had yeah. more shots on target on the day, but Spurs seemed to have had the more critical chances. And I felt that Spurs could have killed off the game. Do but, you remember the Harry Kane one? The one um, where, where I think Son passed it to him and all he yeah. needed to do was just to rifle it. The net, yeah, he took, a, he took a touch and, 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 and Alisson was in the way, basically. He put his whole yeah. body in the way of that. Yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah. of the Dele Alley one, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Delhi Ali one was like I, I, any everybody expected him to score that. I think mm, you know, mm. and he was like right. He was prime Delhi Ali because the thing is, the, the thing is, what made Delhi Ali the player he is today is those runs into the box, isn't it? Now, mm, yeah, yeah. As an attacking midfielder and anticipating the chance, and he did that a few times, but he just couldn't finish. And maybe it just shows his form at the moment. You know, he's not that 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 clinical. You know cutting edge Dele Alli that he used to be. Definitely, he's finding his feedback. But um, what can you tell us from the match? Oh, who do you think well, I was, were I, the better team on the day? Um, well, that, that's, that's going to be a tough question. I think looking at it on the balance of everything, I think yeah. 2-2 was a fair result to a certain extent, I think. you know. But I was looking before the game, I was very interested as to how Conte is going to approach this because... If I'm not mistaken, this would have been Spurs and Conte's first real, real, real test since Conte yeah. joined Spurs. Yeah. And the, the way I looked at it, I think both Klopp and Conte sort of cancelled out each other in a lot of ways. I think Conte played a very, uh, in a very uh, offensive style that is going to be attacking Liverpool's high line, which obviously contributed to two goals. I know the second one was a little bit of a mistake on the end of the goalkeeper but you know sometimes when we say when we say cancel out each other we're always talking about nil nil but I think this cancel out each other talks about two two so it was an interesting game at the end of the day I thought I thought you know honestly I think Spurs of course given the whole season that they've had and they've been poor under you know Espiritu Santo I thought they had a somewhat good game I thought it was interest as I was very um I was I was I was thinking people like Harry Kane. I mean, we're going to talk about the talking point in a bit, but Harry Wings, even in Dombele, the pass for the first goal I thought was fantastic. You know, eye of the needle sort of sort of passing. So Spurs on the end of the day, I think because of the season they had, if I'm just going to be choosing either between one, I thought Spurs had the better game given the fact that they not favorites in the game and obviously a weaker team and so on. But Liverpool also, I think. At the end of the day, I think this is a grinding out of a result sort of a game. I thought Salah had maybe somewhat of a slightly quieter game. Obviously, we know his standards. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the standards are very high with him. Money, I thought, had a good first half spell. You know, you know the time when the 35 minute onwards until the halftime whistle, I thought Liverpool were really pressuring and Money was trying as much as he could. But yeah, but yeah I mean, just to, just to earmark whatever you said, I think... Van Dyke, Henderson, Fabinho, those fellas really much the engine of the team, the team that that in on, on an attacking level for Liverpool to progress the ball forward. I think that was missing. That was somewhat the the missing link in the team to speak about. But I think we're gonna have to talk about tackling and the red card and <laughs> everything yeah. to do with that because yeah. Okay, yeah, I yeah. I I I'm gonna get your thoughts, obviously, Jerry, but I'll tell you what I think. Okay, and obviously the way I look at it, I think both people should have gotten sent off. The way I look at it, I think Harry Kane, Harry Kane because of precedence. I think if, if you're going to send off um, people in the past for having done similar tackles, you remember Pogba against Liverpool at yeah. Old Trafford, the 5-0 game and, and uh, things like that. So, so I guess precedence would definitely tell you that Harry Kane needs to get sent off. I mean, it, it looks very blatant and again, we, maybe mm. in first time, when you when you view it first time on, I guess referees can miss it. But today we're talking about VAR and everything. So because yeah, the decision the, 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 didn't even go to VAR, you know, they didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah. That, that's 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 the thing, lah. You know, I've been I've been crying out for some consistency for refereeing for a while. Yeah. I think you also yeah. know this. And 
this is this is again it's not helping because I thought after the Euros they were fantastic the way VAR was projected uh, was really really good, but English referees sometimes I just I I don't know whether it's it's wanting to get into the spotlight I don't get the idea because mm-hmm. Robertson also I thought when I looked at it when I looking at it after VAR I guess if we are if we're talking about this in 1998 then definitely I don't think it's even it might not even be a yellow card to begin with but might not I even guess, be a foul actually yeah might <laughs> might not even be a foul you know but we're talking about it today and i guess the dangerous laws of the game the side of the game where it talks about danger and everything i guess yeah fine could be a red card you know i i don't know whether any any of our viewers have watched this before but a, a quick youtube se- searching would just go on to the highlights of uh, the past games between balutelli and uh, Francesco Totti and Totti kicked Balotelli somewhat similarly. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. Totti had more intent. You know, for our viewers, just check mm-hmm. that out. It's worthy of your time. But yeah, I guess referees made a bit of a mistake. Harry Kane should have gotten sent off. I really believe so. Robertson correctly got sent off also. Maybe a little bit harsh. Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit harsh. I think debatable for Andy Robertson. Mm-hmm. But Harry Kane's one because of precedence should have mm-hmm. been a red card. Now, tell me what you think, man. Yeah. No. I mean. Because the thing is, the the I think the reason that Paul Tierney gave was that Robertson's leg was not planted, so he he managed to jump and ride the challenge, right? Yeah. But yeah, the the bottom line is Harrikan's foot was high and it was studs mm. high and um, mm. studs showing basically foot yeah. was high and he didn't and he didn't get the ball. That's like the three mm. things that would mm. um, warrant a red card. Warrant the red card. You, yeah. Yeah. When you tackle without getting the ball, and mm. your studs are high, and you catch the, the the player basically above the ankle, that's that's already that's something that that's a challenge that could warrant a mm. red card. Obviously, Robertson would have been thinking. So basically, if I planted my leg and got my leg broken, then maybe like Hurricane would have got the red card. You know. Yeah. So. You see, the players can take measures to avoid challenges like this, but the whole intention of mm. making a challenge like that, I think, has to be checked. You know. Yeah, for me, definitely. For me, yeah. To, to be honest, if I was being completely honest, right? Mm. I think both both situations could have not been a red card. You know, mm. I mm. mean, mm. in 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 a perfect world, both situations. I mean, thankfully, thank God that Andy Robertson jumped, avoided the tackle, so it wasn't that right. bad. Right. Right. Even with um with uh Emerson Royal, I think he. Emerson, that that's a part of Emerson's royal game, you know, like in terms of yeah. looking for fouls, you know, because he yeah. he has the job of going up and down that flank, and sometimes mm. to retain possession, he's going to have to invite a foul and everything like that, you know. Mm. Obviously, I think Robertson came in with excessive force, and I understand the red card being given. I mean, mm. I think mm. he he his actions gave the referees the opportunity yeah. to make that decision. Correct. Right, more of the intent. Yeah. I think I'm just thinking about back in the day, Al, where you could back in the day, yeah, get, get away with it, you know, as long as nobody gets like injured and 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 everything. But but what I was disappointed with Paul Tierney, and I felt was really spoiled the game, was that he had given seven yellow cards in the first half, mm, mm. right, and this mm. was really disappointing. Even as a neutral, me watching it, mm. giving seven yeah. yellow cards in your first half. In the Liverpool and Tottenham game, this is not some derby. My dean wouldn't do that. Crazy derby. This is not some like old firm derby. Liverpool versus Man United. Liverpool versus Everton. City versus yeah. United. You know, it's it's yeah. not that derby which is rough and you need to control. You get yeah. seven yellow cards in the first half. Obviously, the second half is going. There's going to be a lot of tension, right? Yeah. I think yeah. Paul Dennis' game management on day was really poor. Because mm-hmm. okay, fine. You have seven yellow cards given by the end of the game. I mean, man was giving out cards like it's Christmas. I have to say it. <laughs> I have to say it. Paul Tierney on that day, referee of Liverpool and Tottenham was giving out cards like it's Christmas. He mm-hmm. was playing mm-hmm. Uno with those cards, man. He was just dropping cards left, right, center, and I felt that created tension during the game, and it was just unnecessary. You know, it um it 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 definitely spoiled the flow of the game because like I I saw players with first challenges, yes, tough, yes, was mm. a tactical foul, and they get a yellow card. You know, mm. and then mm. they can't make tackles throughout the game, and there's this mm. tension basically. I and I feel the tension build up in that first half 
culminated in in that whole situation at the second half where Andy Robertson went in and basically you know and um that that whole situation happened so yeah, i yeah. felt it was poor game management and referees need to be careful you can't be giving off like 7 8 9 10 yellow cards in the mm. first half you're going to spoil the match you know yeah, yeah. let the game flow in the first half the, game in the flow. second half yeah basically give them the warnings and basically warn them and if the second half this happens again then you know but yeah guys i mean you as our fans you you would know and i'm sure y'all would have your opinions but i think definitely like like al said i think uh precedence there if if mm. if kane's foot side i think he escaped punishment there and um you know like like al said he pointed to the pogba example mm. and this is one of the discussions on talk sport on that day uh, or i don't think sorry not talk sport um it was on port and vujis channel i was watching the video mm. And basically, they were saying like, if it was Pogba who had done that challenge, you mm. know, and basically a player with a, you know, with Sorry a target on his back, you know, yeah, and not yeah. England captain and blah blah blah. Mm. I think mm. the referees would have checked it and they would have sent off the player, you know. I yeah, I feel they, they, because because it's Hurricane, I think he got away with it. No, like, this sort of prejudice has got to stop if it if it's real. Yeah, if exactly, it's real, exactly. I know. Definitely has to stop. I mean, just because he's England captain, right? I mean, it it doesn't warrant you any any sort of like uh, you know, treatment this sort of a basis and all of those things, lah. You know, but mm-hmm. but one thing you mentioned Christmas cards. I you know I I don't know whether our viewers and of course yourself watched the uh, post match or rather the after the final whistle. So I can I think it's safe to say that. Jurgen Klopp is not going to be on uh, Paul Dini's Christmas wish list. I think isn't. Yeah, don't think he'll be getting any Christmas cards. They're probably getting clopped on the head, like we said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from that match, um, obviously the big the big match of the weekend, and definitely a lot of talking points there to be discussed. Um, I wanted to basically give plaudits to Arsenal and Gabriel Martinelli. Wow, what a performance! Oh yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, It's like he never left, man. Gabriel Martinelli. <laughs> Def, best Brazilian on the pitch on the day because everybody was speaking about Rafinha and Rafinha, everybody forgot about yeah. Gabriel Martinelli, you know. But definitely Arsenal with a 4-1 victory, I think was a very convincing victory over Leeds. Leeds didn't have many chances. I think they didn't have many chances mm. except for the penalty situation. Yeah, the penalty, yeah. It seemed like a clear penalty. But in that first half, Al, great performance from that full arsenal team um mm, mm. specifically martinelli odegaard and jaka i think jaka got the assist for the second goal odegaard got assist for the fourth goal and um basically just kept the play moving lacazette leading the line there definitely and captain yeah. on the day as well and bukayo saka also uh weighing in with a goal and um an all round um solid performance from everybody Um, Ramsdale didn't have much to do except for that penalty situation, which Rafinha obviously buried into the top corner. But um, mm. I I found it very interesting, Al, to be honest. Uh, looking at that team sheet because um, Ateta went at a four-two-three-one, right? Usually he would mm. go with a four-four-two or, you know. But um, he obviously trusts the Thomas Partey and and and, and Granite Xhaka double pivot there, which gives mm. a lot of freedom for Martinelli. A lot of freedom to yeah, Saka, correct. Yeah, because correct. that front four were. All over the place in that in in that first half. I mean, all over the place, as in all over the pitch. You know, uh, putting in that work in a good way. Hard and <laughs> and and to be fair, I think Leeds have been um they've not been top form the past few weeks, and definitely they've missed a lot of their 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 main players, their main defenders. That I think they've missed um Liam Cooper as well as a centre back because they've had to play Luke Ailing as a centre back mm. with uh, Robin mm. Kosh and Stuart Calvin Dallas. And, yeah, yeah, Kevin mm. Phillips especially that midfield is such mm. a big miss. But um, I I was very impressed with Gabriel Martinelli because uh, I was speaking to one of my Arsenal f- uh, friends and and we had spoken about Gabriel Martinelli long time ago when he broke through. You know that first season I remember. Mm. You know he was mm. practically unknown player. You know, but what yeah. I like about him is his work rate. I feel like his pressing and his work rate is what creates those chances for him, because a lot of the times he's he's running on, he's already on his bike. You know, when the chances mm-hmm. are happening, and he's very lively in the box as well. And I feel that kind of work rate 
I, I don't think he'd get the goals if he didn't have that work rate. Aside from his talent, obviously, he has the talent. He has that blistering pace. I think he's very um, lightning on the counter-attack. But I feel it's his uh, work rate and just his um, positioning, you know, attacking awareness that, that gets him all these, um, all these goals. Yeah. Just all around very smart player, that's all I'm saying. No, and, and I think since you've mentioned Gabriel Martinelli, I think there are a few things that we, we can talk about before we talk about the game. Yeah. Because Arsenal has had a torrid week in terms of dealing with strikers because obviously yeah. the Aubameyang situation has not helped at all. So yeah. I think the statement of intent from people like Emil Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, even the midfielders, I think as a team, mm-hmm. I thought Arsenal really, really shone well over the other day when they played Leeds. Yeah. You know, Leeds and Arsenal is one of my favourite fixtures to, to kind of look back and reminisce about because there have been lots of classic Leeds United-Arsenal games Mark mm-hmm. Viduka and all of these fellas, yeah. you know. So, so I was I was really hoping for a end-to-end sort of a game, you know, which yeah. is bringing me to talk a little bit about Leeds because, you know, I think we 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 have waxed lyrical about Arsenal a little bit, and I think fair play to them because they've beaten whatever that's come in front of them. And again, the week hasn't been really good. I think the Aubameyang situation is it, it's left a little bit of you know a blurry feeling in terms of Arsenal, the captaincy. You know, because mm. this is a second captain a they bad fired. Taste on a lot of friends' tongues, especially you know, like they've yeah, left, yeah. left the bad taste in a lot of friends' mouths when exactly when a lot, a lot of them lot. have um have been sort of you know proclaiming his name lot basically and like mm. you know a lot no, of exactly. them have had praise and support for Obama Young until this last mm-hmm. situation like, oh. Yeah, and and this has been the second captain I think that they've they've in a way what fired. <laughs> for, for for what last 18, 18 months or so. Yeah. So so they 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 responded well in terms of footballing terms. But you know, I just want I, I just want to talk a little bit about Leeds, right? Because the thing the thing about Marcelo Bielsa, he's rated very highly. He's rated very highly highly, Jerry. I think when you look mm-hmm. at coaches in Europe, I think he has he's he's not say up there the top two with Klopp and Pep and all of these things, but you don't exclude him from the conversation, but I'm just not seeing it at Leeds, man. I think a lot of people would say that, oh yeah, injuries, and he's brought us up this way, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But they keep on getting steamrolled. Don't you think, yeah. Gary? I mean, they're going to play Liverpool this weekend, I think. And there's going to be another 4-5-0, or five nil, I think. And yeah. I mean, of course, I may be shocked, but because stranger things have happened. But Leeds keep on playing kamikaze football, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's the I, thing. I, That's the thing. What I feel about Bielsa is he's so headstrong, right? Right. Yeah, and he cares yeah. about his reputation that he doesn't want to play the game the ugly way, lah. Correct. You know? Correct. Yeah. Because yeah. if he were to grind out a result with Leeds, he'd have to play yeah. very, very like backwards football. Conservative. Yeah. Bus, yeah. Conservative. And I feel like he just doesn't want to lose that respect as the manager who just goes all out. You know. That's, yeah. That's the yeah. Thing. Because I mean, obviously, do- obviously. Over the years, managers have been very vocal in press conferences, especially managers of big teams like um, yeah, Ferguson, yeah. Wenger, now with Klopp and Guardiola. They're very, they don't like playing teams who, who shut them out basically, correct, you know, correct, and yeah, nullify yeah. them. They like yeah. playing teams who are open and can open, go ahead yeah. and throw the exactly. Call, right? Exactly. And they get very annoyed and they say it's not proper tactics, it's not proper football and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but sometimes yeah, yeah. You, I understand managers who need to do that to get results because it's a results game, you know? You guys so are sometimes, sometimes um, managers need to grind out results, uh, like we said, you know, and um, play negative football so that at least, mm. at least you can nullify certain teams. If not, he's just going to be constantly opened up, you know, Correct. Right. by yeah. these teams. You know, just basically yeah. laid down and spanked lah by the bigger teams because they just have the resources, they have the players that 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 Marcelo Bielsa doesn't have at Leeds. What what he has at Leeds is the passion and the fans, you know. And I feel if he uses that to sometimes try to to block teams from running through, you know, running through them, I think it could work. I think the the fans would be behind him all the way. Yeah, no, and 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 again. If you're going to want to play open, expensive football, I think, honestly, in today's modern game, you really need the exact team for it. You know, you need the right. 11 players for it. And yeah. I don't think Leeds United at the moment 
have got all those kind of players. And I think generally when everybody's fit, I think you can say that they can take take games to opponents. You know, you remember last season's uh, Man City game where they, I think it was a was a 2-2 or a 1-1 or something yeah, like that, yeah, I think. Yeah. And, and Leeds were very, very attacking. Even the game at Anfield, the opener last season, if you remember, mm-hmm. they were four, three. They were really good. Yeah, three two or something like that. Four three or something. Yeah. Four, so, three, but yeah, four, three. yeah. So, but but he can't be doing it game in game out mm. whenever you don't have. No, he he can't play 11. those. Um, he can't play that style uh, when he's missing his biggest midfield general. Correct. You know. Correct. Because right. Because Calvin Phillips is a big part of that style of play, right? Yeah. And if you're yeah. missing the main player in that style of play, you have to switch up your tactics and try. Definitely. To, yeah. And, Definitely. and Leeds has always been, you know, they've always been branded since the Don Revy days as dirty Leeds, basically. Correct, you know, correct. They weren't correct. the most beautiful of teams to watch, but they were Leeds yeah. and they were hard to beat. That's the most important thing. Yeah, and I think yeah, they should yeah. start becoming that team which is hard to beat, you know? Correct, correct. Aside from what Resident. people would say, obviously all the journalists and all the managers will have bad things to say about that, but yeah. as long it's as Leeds puzzle, are, It's part and parcel. It's part and parcel you know? of the game and that's what makes the game beautiful. So moving yeah. on to the beautiful game, wasn't really a beautiful game between Leeds and Wolves. <laughs> it was quite, quite, a, quite, a, quite a dull game. Obviously, there were chances, but it seems like the Hayes was the top performer on the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I feel Chelsea were definitely missing um, that, that, uh, their main players. Well. I think mm-hmm. they were missing... The, the likes of definitely Lukaku, Harvards, and Werner. I think that was the mm. biggest miss on the day. Obviously, with the likes of um, Chaloba, Jorginho. I'm sorry, yeah. not Chaloba. Uh, Hudson Odoi, Jorginho, mm. and Kante. Uh, Kante was playing, sorry. Uh, Hudson Odoi and Jorginho missing, right? Mm. So, what they did was they played their usual system, but with Christian Pulisic on top. Mm. playing mm. a central striker, which I feel yeah. did not work out because I was thinking to myself, why couldn't Tuchel have played a 4-3-3 mm. with, with Pulisic, Ziyech and Mount, right? Mm. Because Mount could have been that, that middle, maybe, you know, or they could have rotated, three of them could have rotated. But I mm. feel that this style that, that, that Thomas Tuchel plays, right? Mm. The 3-4-2-1, Right mm. or whatever, basically that that mm. five five four one whatever formation he plays, but he does play with that center backs at the back. I think that 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 formation suffers when you don't have the personnel, right? Oh yeah, it does. On it does, that yeah. day, on that day, Chelsea looked like they didn't couldn't they could not unlock Wolves because yes, they had a few chances, but I felt Wolves were the more threatening team and had the better chances. If it was just for better finishing, I think Wolves could have come away with a result there. Yeah, you know? Daniel Podens and all these fellas yeah, they had good chances. Yeah. Because mm. obviously, um, Marcus Alonso was suspect for a few of those chances. And I was mm. watching it. Mm. I was actually watching it with my Chelsea fan cousin now. So my cousin mm. had come down and... and um, uh, we're watching the match together and he was basically saying that a lot of Chelsea's goals come from that left-hand side. As good right. as Alonso is, right, bombing forward, he does make a lot of defensive mistakes at the back. Yeah. And yeah. what my, my friend said, that my, I mean, my cousin, sorry, my cousin said, he said that ever since Chilwell, um, um, you know, was missing from the team, Chelsea have been looking a lot more... Um, They've been looking a lot yeah. more vulnerable. But my, my, my whole thing for that match was that if Tuchel is going to play with that same formation and that same system, he's going to have to have the players for it because Pulisic up top was completely isolated. He was mm. completely isolated. He could not get, get into the game. And I was just thinking, why can't you just go with a quick 4-4-3? I mean, forty-three mm. to cut through the opposition, right? Mm. And play Ziyech, Mount, and and Pulisic in a way that could help them, but with Pulisic on his own up there, up top, right? It was he was just completely isolated and could not get into the game. There were times where I even forgot he was on the pitch, you know. I think I think you know when you look at Thomas Tuchel, I think comparing him with Klopp and Guardiola, I think he's the most defensive or rather conservative out of the three, if you think about right, it. Right, right. Yeah, and sure. I think in his mind, see, if the game would have been played at uh, Stamford Bridge, I, you know what? I honestly think he would have went with the 4-3-3, right? Right. But I think right. because it's an away game, because Wolves are a tricky, fast 
team. Tricky opposition. Yeah. Yeah, tricky opposition. And, and wolves and, are and hard team. to break down. I feel wolves yeah. are more hard to break down than they are attacking on oh. the counter. You know. Correct. Correct. Totally spot on. We we saw how Liverpool had to like what final dying embers of the game. You know. Yeah. Literally the last chance of the match. Correct, last kick correct. of the game. You know. And and I think I think he had that at the back of his head, and I think, yeah. you know, he didn't want them to be cutting through Chelsea like just ribbons, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, honestly, with the Pulisic thing, I think if if uh, Lukaku would be hundred percent fit, and I think I don't know why Werner didn't play, but I think if they were available towards him at his disposal, fitness wise, I think Pulisic wouldn't have started. I think Pulisic is one of those players where I think Tuchel does not really fully trust in the team. Right. Right. You know, to, to do the duties. That's mm-hmm. why you could have seen it. You, you saw it in the game. I think they were... I think, yeah, you're right. Pulisic was isolated and he didn't give Chelsea that outlet. And I think, honestly, looking at Chelsea's striking problems, because even when Werner and Lukaku are totally 100% fit, I don't know whether they can play up to these people's strengths. And I think that Chelsea's striking problems are going to be the reasons for me where... The title may be won or lost, and and again to Chelsea's Chelsea side of things, I think I wouldn't want to say that they are out of it. I think it's still a bit still a bit too early. Yeah. But you see, the thing about Liverpool and City, I don't see them. You know, I really don't see them dropping points drastically. I mean, I know Liverpool, in a way, dropped two points. You know, but I think City, Liverpool, they're sort of the teams where they can go on a 10-12 game run. You know, and I just don't see at the moment Chelsea, they're, they're in a bit of a bad streak at the moment. Draws, not able to get goals, too heavily reliant on players like Mason Mount. And, and yeah, you know, Marcus Alonso, I think, I think if you speak to every objective Chelsea fan, I think they would tell you that Marcus Alonso is not the guy. Lah. Definitely, he's not the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And he might be good. He might be good at taking free kicks. I know he's really good at taking a free kick. And yeah. and so on and so forth, but yeah, I really think attacking threat, you know, attacking threat is okay. But I think Ben Chilwell is a big miss, like, because Ben Chilwell is the total package. I think, I think Ben Chilwell is good um, defensively as well, and, and that to me is the miss. Yeah, and attacking attacking yeah. wise as well. But yeah, Chelsea two two, two points dropped. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two points dropped massively dropped, and I think that with Liverpool dropping points and and so on and so forth, I think Chelsea would have viewed this as very much as a missed opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. 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 Definitely. But but I mean I mean what, what do you think they're out of the race? What do you think? No, definitely not. I do not think they're out of the race, but it all depends on the I can give you an answer by the end of January <laughs> when things become a lot more clearer. Because like the game, my my vision is a bit hazy now looking into the future. But I'm okay, just going by since we talked about goals and scoring, right? So obviously Chelsea on 38 points now behind Liverpool yeah. on 41 and 44. So it's not that much, to be honest. I don't think it's yeah. big enough. Fine um, margins, yeah. 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 And we look for goals for and goals against, right? So mm. City have 44 goals scored this season and they are on 35 goal difference, basically. Nine conceded. Liverpool have yeah. 50 goals, 15 conceded, 35 as well, goal difference. Chelsea yeah. on 39 goals, 12 conceded. Yeah and 27 goal difference. So that 27 mm-hmm. goal difference is not that far behind Liverpool and City's mm-hmm. 35. So it's 35, 35, 27. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, comparing to Arsenal, which is a fourth, their goal difference is four. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Chelsea are not far off. I think they've just recently hit a blip, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think it's Tuchel's yeah. challenge now to try and get them out of it and get them firing again. So it's going to be a big challenge because I saw for the Brentford um, EFL Cup game tonight with Chelsea they've drawn I think nine players out of their academy and literally names we've hardly even heard of before you know so Tuchel is definitely struggling but I think yeah. he will take the challenge and he will um, he's not going to complain he's just going to try to do the best that they can but what I feel Thomas Tuchel needs to do in England especially is have mm. multiple ways and multiple formations. Yeah, if you have to. Formation, yeah. it's it's going to be easy for teams to figure him out. You know, mm. I felt going with a four three three to Wolves already with a sort of depleted squad. You got nothing to lose, lah. I I felt he could mm. have gone with a four three three just to throw them out because four three three will cut through Wolves very well. Because if you play that 
wide style that, that Tuchel is playing, it's just you're just going to go head to head with Wolves because they yeah. play wide as well. So you're playing them at their game, sort of, you know. Mm. Each team mm. is playing each other at their game. So obviously it's going to be a game where both teams are shutting each other out. Whereas if mm. he had gone for 4-3-3, I feel he could have cut through Wolves defense a lot easier. Mm. But mm. obviously, if buts and maybes, and, and we can't confirm that, but I think Chelsea have are not out of it. I, I still think they are, um, are in contention. It's just interesting to see how... Because who knew, Al? I think we were looking at the fixture list and we thought his challenge would come in the first few games because Chelsea had a really difficult run of yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Difficult run the start. Yeah. yeah. But, but he aced that. La. He aced now. that part of... Yeah, he did well at the start of the season. Yeah. And I think now it's a little bit of a... A little bit of a blow, but you know, I think looking at Chelsea, if looking at a Chelsea perspective, Tuchel's got to be sorting it soon because of the African Cup of Nations. And I think that would be sort of like a small little neutralizing point, I think, because with Liverpool losing perhaps some of their best players. And you don't want Chelsea to be losing points if they're going to be in this title race, if they want to fight for this title race. I think it's vital for them to still be in touching distance because another draw or draw or two, that's going to be really hurting the ambitions. Because again, like I said, I really don't see, even, even with the African Cup of Nations here, I really don't see how the, the City and Liverpool are going to be dropping points because they are grinding out results. I think City also grinded out a result, you know, and, and and City Liverpool almost always seem yeah. to have a plan, have a have an answer to every question that is posted to them. But hey, you know, time will only tell. Yeah, but to be fair, Chelsea have still looked defensively all right. You know, comparing oh, yeah, to Liverpool yeah, the yeah. other day without right. Van Dijk and Fabinho, I think Liverpool yeah. suffer more without Van Dijk and Fabinho. Yeah, you know, it's the goals, lah. Uh, I think the goals is the problem, lah. Definitely, right. the I mean, goals yeah. is the problem for Chelsea, and, and yeah, they just need to. Yeah. They can't be relying on Mason Mount to get the goals. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So moving on from this match, speaking about goals, wow, City just can't stop scoring goals for the moment. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Ruben Diaz, Cancelo, Mares, and Sterling with four goals on the day to beat Newcastle, right? And Cancelo mm. probably now one of the best right backs in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think to Without be, a doubt, fair, when Cancelo came from Juventus, I thought he was just going to be a squad player, right? I thought it would still be Walker, it would still be um, Benjamin Bendy, obviously, with the issues that transpired and everything. Mm. I, I mm. didn't really feel Cancelo would be the main player in that team. The main, main the guy, la, the main guy. Exactly. Yeah. He, but he's now become one of the major main attacking outlets, right, of that yeah. team. And... Um, I mean, defensively, he's doing well, but attacking-wise, he's also carrying that team and, and even getting a goal um, on mm. the day. Obviously, I think Newcastle will be a bit disappointed with that result. They, will be, they yeah. would be looking to get some sort of result out of the game. And there was a yeah. decision that went against their way out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, the penalty. I think, was it a penalty? Was it a... Yeah, it was a penalty. Call. Yeah, uh, penalty call. Because yeah. I, I can't remember, because I, to be, to be honest, I didn't watch the match, right? So I was yeah. just... Um, yeah. And I don't think I watched the highlights either. So that was yeah. a bit of a blip on my part. But um, mm. just going by the mm. game alone, I think you could no, tell that just on, on, on fine form on that day. Yeah, no, I think, I think with City, yeah. I think honestly coming into the game, looking at this, and uh, I, I, watched, I watched the rerun of this game actually, some parts of it. And mm. I think with Newcastle uh, is... On paper, I think everybody would just say that, you know, they aren't very good. You know, people are, people are calling them, you know, not very good team and almost and always three point for the opposition. But, you know, they played, they played Liverpool uh, in the last game. They played City. In, in, as in uh, two games ago, they played Liverpool. Then the last game, they played City. And the thing is, they, 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 look, they look decent, I would say, in moments. You know, some people like Shelby, Elmiron and all that, it's it's almost as though if this were to be a futsal 15-minute game, I think Newcastle would be in it, you know? But but if it's a 45-minute game, I think Newcastle just don't have that, 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 you know, that tactical nuance to actually go against these teams because the way yeah. I look at it, City were obviously the better team on the day. You know, I think mm-hmm. players like uh, Mares, Sterling and all that, they had really good games. Of course, Cancelo goes without saying, you know, goal and an assist. 
I think that's fantastic, you know, for, for any defender for that matter. But City just look very comfortable. Even when they don't look comfortable, you, you kind of think, ah, you know what, they've, they've got it under control. You know, Zinchenko also coming into the squad also is giving them like a small little rotation here and there, which is mm. keeping everybody fit. If, if anything, if, if I'm going to be nitpicky, I may, I may say that Emerick Laporte may be that target point for big teams to sort of target. You know, I think that, I wouldn't say weak link, but maybe the ones which are not on par with your Cancelos and your Ruben Diaz and all these fellas and all that. Not that he's a bad player, I just think that maybe he has a, he has weaknesses towards his game that teams can target. But over and above everything, I think City were very dominant. Like, you know, Gabriel Jesus playing in the striker position. Obviously, he didn't get a goal, he got an assist. But you know, City don't play with an out-and-out striker. We know that already. And again, man, I just don't see how City are going to be dropping points. You know, I think yeah. uh, I think I think the only thing that maybe we can talk about City as a talking point other than football or maybe towards a small little critic towards them. Did you hear that Grealish and uh, Phil Foden <laughs> had a night out? <laughs> so yeah, Grealish and Foden had a night out after Leeds and they didn't turn yeah. up to training in the right condition. So Guardiola <laughs> dropped them basically, which I found like completely hilarious. Lah. Because yeah, uh, I know, I know. Yeah, Grealish already having bad influence on, on, on Foden, you know. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, man, no, but I think it's a non-issue to be honest. I think both yeah. of them have been, have the been performing. Line. I think they have been performing. They mm. have a right to have a night out, and I think mm. uh, Guardiola did the right thing. He just he just sets the tone. If you're not yeah. right for training, I'm going to drop you for the match. And they were yeah. both dropped for the match. I think Grealish yeah. wasn't even. I th- yeah, he was on the bench. Both of them were on the bench, but both of them were on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel it's a non-issue. I th- I I do think mm. players have to have. Um, they do have to get away from it. I think mm, if mm. if you're thinking like football, I mean, if you're football twenty four seven, I think it could take a toll. Obviously, yeah. they're not like Henderson, Milner, or like a Harry Kane. You know, <laughs> stay at home kind of fellas, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, those those fellas they they live for football, and you can tell they yeah. do live for football, right? Yeah. I think yeah. these the the new generation of youngsters they do like that life a little bit, right? Yeah. But yeah, they yeah. just have to find the balance because. I still feel that Phil Foden, I'm going to say it now, I think he's England's brightest like, mm. talent at the moment. Mm. You know? And mm. he could go on to be um, one of the best, the best players in the country, but he has, yeah. to, he has to have that David Silva mentality. Because, I mean, I've heard um, Michael Richards and, and Nigel, Nigel de Jong talking about it. And they mm. used to say that Silva loves a night out. And he mm. would be mm. the he would be the last man standing on a night out. But then he yeah. would walk into training the next, next day and it looked like he's, yeah. not, he's not even had a drink, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you have to have that sort of attitude. Yeah, you can have the mm. nights out, but your hunger mm. for that, that, that competition, your hunger for that level has to be there. And mm. I think with Guardiola, it's just a matter of, you know, giving them a tap on their wrists and then basically telling them, how can you bounce back from this, you know? And I feel it's a real non-issue. The only issue I have with players who are not performing at all throughout the season, mm. and then they still have this off-field off, off antics. Like mm. I feel, mm. I mean, that's... that's Yeah, that's, no, that, that's, that's, that's... That's the real yeah, toxic issue. Like, that you can't accept. You're not performing, you're not showing up for training, and mm. then you're going out and, 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 and having this life. I feel that mm-hmm. even, as, even as a normal person, Al, you and me working in your job, me working in my job. Yeah, I mean, in the weekends, I used to go out and have a drink too. No, we, we, we need to I, just Yeah, I remember mind. after my... Because I used to work 60 hours a week, right? So yeah. um, Saturdays, I'd be so exhausted, but I buy two bottles of soju, two cans of beer, and I come back and get absolutely wasted, right? <laughs> and then Sunday I'll just recover, and Monday I go back to work again. But in no way did that, um, you know, stop my performance at work. Right? Yeah, work's work, like, You know, work is work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was working in a place, L. I mean, working at Honda with all those all those lads there. I mean, they used to drink during work, man. They used to have mm. their little mixtures, you know. <laughs> but I shall not really get into that, la. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole point being is that you can't have these drinks and nights out, but. Mm. I think mm. it's all finding the balance and still keeping that hunger for what you do there. Because mm. let's be real, footballers, yes, they do work a job, 
but mm, I think mm. their job entails them having fun and and the yeah. level in which they have fun at you know yeah so I think they just need to- I, I, th- I think with some managers they are really strict about this like you know and I think yeah. Yeah. It, that's why again Phil Foden I think is a non-issue because he's performing very well you see yeah. Obama Young it's an issue because he's not performing very well he's late yeah. to North London derbies he's not showing up you know on time during training you know, and all these antics, which is becoming an issue, yeah. you see? And that, yeah. that's that's the major difference. You see, yeah. Port Pogba, right? Wait, the hair thing wouldn't be an issue. He gone to France to, like, fetch his mother or something, and she was yeah. having some some health issues. Obviously, you know, he would want to do stuff like that. But what I yeah, think understandable. he had done, yeah. he had gone to France without telling the team and without telling Arteta. Correct, correct. So and that that, that side of things also, you know, you yeah. you got to see it from the perspective of the team as well, you know. Mm, yeah. Even just just to touch upon this very quickly, Paul Pogba, if he were to be a consistent player, he could dye his hair, uh, in the color of a unicorn or a rainbow or whatever. <laughs> nobody would nobody would give a toss. Nobody would give a toss. But it's 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 yeah. all this. Pogba you know, could have turquoise hair. You know, he could have turquoise hair, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he could have shellfish pink hair. So, and none of the yeah. United fans would care if he was performing <laughs> weekly workout. Exactly. Exactly. Workout. Exactly. And I think with Grealish and Foden, to be fair, they've been performing well. Obviously, Grealish hasn't hit the heights that that you would mm. expect of a hundred million dollar player, you know. But I think yeah. he has had moments in this season, and a lot of the times Grealish has performed for the team. So he's not had an individual like great five star performance, but he's had right. five star right. team performance, right? And right. with Foden, I I can pick out so many moments this season where he's had. Individual five-star performances. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool away. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I think Guardiola is a, a master at managing um, these talents, these young talents. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. don't think it's an issue because I remember a few years ago, I found out second, it was in the 16-17 season or 17-18. No, I think it was the 16-17 season. And uh, Firmino got um, charged for drink driving, basically. So it was a minor charge. It wasn't... Oh, yeah, I remember this. this it wasn't, this, uh, it wasn't a heavy get. DOI, but it was still a DUI, right? But yeah. uh, Klopp had played him in the weekend and he had scored in the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. And that situation never happened with Firmino again. And now when you mm. go on Firmino's Instagram, it's all about Jesus and God, you know, and he's a very, very religious <laughs> person. It really, I mean, he got baptized. Ever since Alisson came to Liverpool, Firmino got baptized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but aside from that, guys, I think that's all we have time for this week. We will definitely try to cover the matches for you as much as we can so that, um, yeah, we can just give you what we usually do and, um, yeah, have a good Christmas and have a great end of the year for all those listening. And thank you for listening with us so far. Thank you bye, for listening. Bye, bye. And Merry Christmas to you guys. And very Merry lastly... Christmas. Merry Christmas, so, you filthy animals. <laughs> and very lastly, just a very quick one. Just our brothers in Slangor, sisters in Slangor. Stay strong and hopefully you guys pull through. Lah.